Hello and welcome to another episode of the Yes Day Inclusion Podcast. I am Laura Wingler. I am Kirby Morgan. And today we're just going to talk about uh, the holidays from Halloween to Christmas, getting through it, the the good, the bad, the ugly, the inclusion, the exclusion, all of it. It has been a ride. I feel like I've been up the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. since pretty much Halloween like Halloween we got past Halloween but we didn't get further than that like I think the fire started like right after Halloween ended and I am bracing for Christmas yeah we were having a perfect year until about the week before Halloween and it has been a struggle. It's been some medication adjustments and changes and a just complete roller coaster. And it's just funny because I was thinking back and looking back through like memories on my phone and timelines of when my daughter was a toddler from like, I want to say from like two to like five or six, she was con in a constant whirlwind of Halloween, Christmas, like New Year's-ish stuff. And then we go back. Halloween, Christmas, like movies that she'd watch and activities and she'd dress up and do. We were like, I felt like we were living in the twilight zone of this time period between Halloween and Christmas, nonstop, all the time. And now this time of year has become like I dread. I just dread it because it's like all the, all the stuff that's supposed to be fun at school ends up being like a change of routine, a change in structure anxiety and behavior and aggression and all the things end up coming to a head. This is the time of year where I have the most issues. It's like this. And then it's usually the end of the school year. Usually it's like that last month of school where it ramps up again. Yeah. I, this is like one of the periods too, where I don't know everybody's school system, but here in California, we have like something called an IEP at glance that you could print out with the student's IEP. So I know a lot of teachers like take vacation and they do their things around the holidays, but this is like a perfect time to make sure you ask if you can get a document because I feel like a lot of the problems occur because they don't follow the plans. It's like, okay, that happened. I understand why you're calling. However, what, did you do because we have a plan in place through our behavior intervention plan to address that issue. So did we do that? And 99% of the time, the answer is no, they didn't do that. So I always try to print that and put it in his book bag, hoping someone's going to look. But the reality is the teacher that's substituting is overwhelmed and she probably doesn't ever look at that. And I think that when it comes to behavior plans and IPs, it's I think it's really hard for the adults because it requires them to do something different than what they're used to doing or what their, their reflex tells them to do or what their training that they went to many years ago tells them to do. Or usually, especially for kids like ours, it doesn't really align always to the, there's so many like line aligning things that don't make sense. Like layers upon layers, but it's like, so individualized that the teacher may have to do something different for let's say the teacher has seven students if they all have a behavior plan 
you have to handle each behavior differently. And that may be difficult. And I, I get that. But I also understand that we can't put Jaden and Jackson together and use the same plan and think it's going to work. It, it's not. Yeah. Well, that's something that I have to keep saying. I'm like, we haven't been able to raise our kids the same way. Not because we don't want to. It's because they're just two very different people who who need very different things from us. It's like my daughter has a lot more rules and structure than her brother had because she needs them more than he did. Um, and it's just this time of year is just so difficult because this is always the time of year where a couple bad weeks and I don't know what this is. It's like a couple bad weeks. Let, let's just change everything about school now because that that makes sense. Like couple bad weeks, some struggles. Let's just like completely change programs, change classes, and let's give up on this kid. Like this is like the the fight I'm so sick of having between Halloween and every year. It's like between Halloween and Christmas, I have to like fight for my kid's place in the school building. Like instead of like, how do we get through this? Or, you know, I've had a really just this week while I'm supposed to be taking a break from work and from everything and being thankful and having family time, like sitting here dissecting my kid's IEP now, like trying to figure out, you know, cause I'm noticing some things as my kid's getting older, right? Like for example, if I ask her to do something, I can't just like needle her three seconds later cause she didn't start doing it yet. I've learned if I ask you, Hey, clear your plate cause you're done eating. I'll say it once and then I'll come back in a few minutes. And if and she hasn't hard. done it, Sometimes, because we all every it's like a human nature to want instant gratification, and it takes it is hard sometimes when you're like pick this up and then they take their time and they go very slowly. So I get it as the enforcer. However, I see the results when you give them that time to process, finish what they're doing in X Y Z activity, let that come to an end because it's like. If I go and tell Jackson to do something and it interrupts the activity he's doing, it's not complete to him. So if it's not complete, it's on his mind and he can't do the next activity effectively. He's still thinking about the first activity he couldn't complete. So it it's so hard, especially I, it, like everybody used to make fun of me growing up. Like you have no patience. What are you going to do when you have kids? So the the patience that I have had to gain and learn to have is so hard because I want, like, I just said to do that, do that. But it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work for him. Well, do we just stop what we're doing to do whatever it is that we, like, if you're in the middle of doing something and you have a list in your head, you're working on it. And then someone's like, do this. Like how often are we just dropping everything we're doing and doing it? I mean, unless it's for our kids and they need a snack or something, obviously like the expectation is stop what you're doing right now. Cause I'm going to die if I don't get my cheese and crackers from the cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, tr- I'm now like noticing that I started doing that thing over the summer that we talked about where I say, or I changed the sensory channel, like with her shoes. I only ask her once in the morning to put on her shoes. She doesn't put them on. I put the shoes in front of her and I don't say anything. And 100% of the time, they're put on. Maybe not when I want them to be put on, but they're put on within a reasonable time frame of when I asked. Like, I don't know. When you're asking, I'm, what I'm noticing is all this escalation seems to be happening when she's being prompted 
or like I'm just noticing all these things in here, like all this prompting, all this reminding. And at home, she gets really pissed if I keep reminding her. Well, I know. Or I made a mistake. I'm fixing it. And you're just making yeah. me feel bad yeah. about myself. And I'm starting to acknowledge that. And I'm like, okay, like I'm going to stop doing that. And I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you a chance first to fix it yourself. In like yeah. 10 minutes, if you haven't, maybe then I'll say something. It's so like you're clicking on my buttons because like when my laundry goes off, the buzzer dings. Do you think I stop whatever I'm doing because the laundry buzzer ding? Oh, no. Time to fold laundry now. No, I'm no, doing I it like four days later. Another hour. <laughs> like I may just pretend I didn't hear that and go like the next time I'm near the laundry, put it on again. But the reality is like it's a physical alarm to tell you this is done. I don't stop what I'm doing. I don't end my show and be like, oh, I got to get the laundry right now because the buzzer buzzed. Which, yeah, it's just, I know, I just, I've always noticed with Allie that she has like a slower processing speed. Like for, like, I guess there's a lot going on in her brain, but like, like we were out to breakfast this morning and her friend was like messing with her, put like a paper straw on her head. And she's like, let's see how long it takes her to notice. I'm not even kidding. It was like almost a full minute later. She was like, wait, how long, what takes for me to notice? Like she was listening. She heard it, but it took her like a minute to process it. So she's listening. She responded because she didn't respond right away. And it's like on her head and we're laughing. And it just shows me that she's not as quick as I, you know what I mean? She it, it's, this is part of also like ADHD. I'm starting to see this is part of like, these are like OCD tendencies that she's got. Where it's like, because my one friend who's a behaviorist has said to me, I think that she's doing rituals in her head and that interrupting that and making her like she needs to f finish it. So not giving her the, those extra seconds to like finish it is 100% is what's setting her off. Because if you have in your head like you're counting down to one or something at 10 and somebody's bothering you at seven, like you need to get to one before you want to answer them. Yes, is a hundred percent correct. Like Jackson, he's not going. And if he, if you stop him and he does it, he's not going to do it effectively. You, and if I tell him too many things at one time, he's going to stop at the first thing I said and think he's done. Mm -hmm. Because after the first instruction, not that he can't do like put your shoes on and tie like two step directions, but when you give him too much, like Jackson, go upstairs, put your laundry away. When you're done, get all your stuff ready for soccer. He'll go upstairs, he'll put his laundry away, but he won't even like acknowledge that anything had to do with his soccer or soccer bag. Yeah. To focus on hearing me and getting back to finishing whatever ritual or whatever he's doing but at the same time if i'm watching a movie or something and that's what i'm doing i'm not gonna get up unless it's an emergency and somebody really needs something i'll wait too so i kind of get it i have adhd and all the time jeremy's like i told you that you didn't tell me i don't know who you told but it was not me and I'm sure he probably did tell me, not every single time, but I'm sure he's probably told me. And my brain was just going, going, going when he told me that I couldn't process all the information. So I can mm -hmm. relate a lot. 
because they need that extra time to really process it, especially if you want them to do it correctly or to be successful. A lot of the times I feel like our kids are punished because they're not set up for that success. They're they're not given the opportunity to succeed. The expectations that are put upon them are not realistic to their individual needs and their individuals. And I, I get it. If you have a bunch of people in a room, everyone is different. And it's hard if you're giving a speech to make the speech apply to everyone. But we're talking special education and IEPs and things like that. They're individualized for a reason. There is a reason. Harder, not impossible. Like for Allie, I limit to three things. If I'm asking her to doing th- to do more than three things, I I know that it's just too much. So sometimes if she's busy, if I see that she's busy and I need her to like put on your pajamas, brush your teeth, do these things. Sometimes I just write it down on a little piece of paper on like a you know back of an envelope from the mail, like one, two, three, do these things. And she'll like check them off. I'll come back in like 20 minutes and she'll have done them. When I, I didn't ask her verbally, I'll just put it in front of her because I'm just changing the channel because it's overwhelming. I see that just all the things going in and out are overwhelming. I don't, I don't think that's, these are not, this is not rocket science. <laughs> these are not, it's these not- are not impossible things. Like I'm not, a, it's so funny. The things that I want cost nothing. I just want a moment to chill. So if I, as an adult, feel like that, how do our kids feel? And we're just placing unrealistic demands on them. And it's so hard for when you don't have someone that is willing to put themselves in in the shoes of our children. The shoes that are, you know, why is this child struggling? Why are they acting? Like, what around in the surroundings what in the instructions that i gave what what did i do that triggered that like there's no real like accountability it's always like they did this this is what happened this is what they did and this is why they're in trouble and this is the result there's no oh well this happened and everyone was high energy and we didn't go with the plan and they acted out they hold our kids to such a standard that we don't even hold ourselves to we don't even hold ourselves to because i'm sure the teachers are tired i'm sure the teachers are don't want to be there and be changing to each student but at the same time that's their job that's what they get paid to do they're there to do it and why not do it effectively where in the end i know it may be more work up front but in the long run it will make your everything copacetic and like everyone can work together and it's it does take work in in the beginning but putting in the work is worth it i've seen it with my son I've seen it with both my kids both of them mm-hmm. it, it it's it's a lot of work and what really kills me is that i am so there's not a lot of parents out there like me that do as much as I'm doing. It's, it's unbelievable because it, do we, we want our kids, we send our kids, our vulnerable kids with a lot like Jaden. Yes. He has words and yes, he can tell me if he's hungry and he can tell me he wants a cactus. However, 
He's not going to say XYZ happened, this happened, where Jackson will come home and give you way more details than you'll ever want to know about any situation. So it's very hard for me to send Jaden, like my most vulnerable like he is my like he is so vulnerable i'm handing you a piece of my heart that is so vulnerable and i never know exactly what happened to him and i get him eight hours later and it's just i wish that the staff would understand that on the level like i'm giving you like my most prized possession please treat it accordingly even jackson yes he may run circles around everyone vocally yes he's very witty he can put on the jackson show but if somebody says something mean to him it hurts him like to the core because he wants to be a perfectionist and i can tell you he wants to be a perfectionist because he's trying to live up to being Jaden's brother who Jaden has severe needs and needs 24-hour care where Jackson doesn't want to be the person that you're having to take up after because he knows that we're already taking up after Jaden. I know that because I love my brother. Love you, Tony. But I grew up with a brother that had more needs than me. And I never wanted my parents to have to ask me about my homework or my parents to have to come to me and be like, did you do all this? I just had it all done and nobody ever asked me. Because I would see how hard it was because he had dyslexia. So I would see how hard it was for them doing their spelling words where I just did my own. And I made sure I got good grades and I made sure I did all the things. So I didn't have to be adding on to what my parents already are dealing with. So when we have our kids that are so smart, like Jackson, we want to not pay attention or brush off their needs or assume that they're being bad when they're having like a hard moment, but they're also struggling and they also put up with a lot and they also have regulation issues and they try to hide it for so long and try to cope in their environment till they can't cope anymore. And it's like a teapot. It just like steams. It does. It is. It's like overflowing a glass yeah that's basically what um <laughs> leading up to thanksgiving has been like thanksgiving how was thanksgiving for you like for me i hosted almost 20 people in my house um yeah we, we had was... people they were in and out my my door alarm's going off. I don't know where the dog is. I don't. My brother is a chef, so he was in charge of all the meat, but nothing else was like coordinated. It was. It was a lot. It was a lot. Even I'm overstimulated. Oh, see, I'm. I so I did the cooking, and I'm like, I have like an oven schedule. Rob bought a second turkey because um, he wanted to try some Cajun turkey. I would have loved to schedule. And it couldn't fit it in the oven. And then, like, we were going to grill it because it was, it was like this pre cooked thing that he bought. And, like, we were going to use the grill. And then, like, it was, it was like there was a lot of fire and smoke. And I'm like, you're going to burn the house down. So I, he had to, like, run it over to my parents' house who live, they have a house, like, in our town. It was like, 
Thanksgiving was a lot because I'm I'm very like I have a schedule with my oven and I know what I'm doing. Like for me, Thanksgiving is very like systematic. Like I know like, you everything like, happens one after the other. I have like a plan. I can plan everything and it's like I love it. Can you I know me? I'm like a, a crazy person? It's like the easiest holiday because like you know what you're making and I know like the order that I have to make it all. And I don't know, it's just like I can I was like on autopilot, just like doing it, dealing with my daughter, dealing with um keeping everyone happy and sane but it definitely is easier to do it at home sometimes because at least like I know my kid had her her safe space she can go to her room she has her iPad she has her charger she has all her comfort items um I know going places was harder when she was younger I feel like it's getting easier but it depends like for me I'll tell you Thanksgiving we went a couple of years ago to one family member's house who like was cooking while we were there. So like, I remember we were, we had just gotten there and they're like putting the turkey in the oven. And I'm like, oh my God, we're going to be here forever. Like, and that I'm like, takes a long time to cook. That is a big turkey. <laughs> like you remember in parenthood, um, what's his name? Christina and oh my God, the dad, that couple, they used to get pissed off at the Lessing's house because he's like, no, no, they have to preheat the oven. We're not sticking around for this this crap like that's what it was I was like oh my god because it's usually like a holiday we're going to someone's house like okay I prepare myself like maybe like three hours maybe four if they're good cool like we'll get through it and I remember that year it was like we were out for like oh my god like six or seven hours it was just like by like 9 30 she's like hysterical wants to go home dessert hasn't been served yet like that I don't know that's where like, hate just, to eat and run, but we got to go. Bye. Yeah, I know. That's like, that's usually what I expect for holidays. I uh, I had, I mean, I don't know. Thanksgiving actually worked out well. I Well, I, I go every year to Vegas. And my aunt would host a Thanksgiving over there. But after, like, the first couple of years, I had to, like, step back and, like, look at it and see it for what it is i'm torturing my husband i'm making him and i stay in a hotel with two beds and our savage children and Jaden was younger at that time like he has slowed down a lot but at the same time you can't put anything past him you have to still understand that he can do anything at any moment so you have to be prepared but it's less and less as he gets over older, but there's never, you never know when that moment he's going to try to elope or try to go grab an egg. Like his new thing is taking eggs. I don't know if he found it on YouTube or what, but he thinks it's really funny to like smash eggs. I don't think it's funny. I'm no. like I immediately freak out. I'm like stop him from making my house. Don't let him touch an egg. He's going to egg my house. Get him, get him, get him. Did you do that thing where you crack an egg on his head? No, you see that TikTok where all the parents are cracking eggs on no, their kids. No such thing. I did nothing to invoke the egging habit. Yeah, see, but, I can't do that to Allie. Like she would, well, she would we, be like rude. No, exactly. Was, no, it, it was like we were torching everyone to attend this Thanksgiving at my aunt's house because she wanted to host the Thanksgiving. Well, my last straw was one year we were there, and Jaden. So Jaden uses a wheel, like a special needs wheelchair as needed. It's more of like, you know, like a comfort place. Like if he is unsure where to go, he knows that's his seat. 
Um, if we're going somewhere like Disney and it's dangerous, just safer. Um, he can definitely walk. He can definitely climb. He could probably like rope climb, out rope climb both of us easily. But safety is why we use it. A lot of people are think it's because of his epilepsy or his medical needs. Or the reality is, if he's had a seizure and he's recovering, we're not out pushing him in a wheelchair. We're letting him recover in a bed and let him letting his body get to where it needs to be. But the safety aspect is important. So uh, we were there and she got really mad because he was playing with a magnet. And it wasn't a glass magnet. It wasn't a magnet that you could break. It was like a rubber magnet that had in it said a state or it said somewhere. And she yelled at Jaden because somebody important had given her this magnet. And I'm, it's like a plastic magnet. You could literally like move it around like a snake. It was nothing that he could like break or that he would break. He loved letters and he was stimming on the letters. But he was also in an unknown place with a lot of things going on and he didn't know what to do. So that was at the end of the road for us. And I just decided that we're just going to stay home and do what works best for us because I'm not willing to make everyone suffer to conform to like the traditions that everybody has had and like wants to keep having. If you got, if anybody wants to go and participate in another Thanksgiving, go do what works for you because doing what works for us has changed everything. It has changed everything. Yeah, that's, I'm actually kind of relieved sometimes that when my family was much bigger, I think that she would have been so overwhelmed at like the old Thanksgiving with like the whole family where we'd have extended family. Because I mean, people here, you know, was it like 18 people sounds like a lot. And I'm like, oh my God, like a regular Sunday night dinner with like 25, 27 people. Like, 18 is not that bad, I guess, if you're looking at that. I'm kind of relieved in a sense that we don't have to do all that. Because I just don't think that they would make it through it. I know when Robbie was younger, he used to always want people to come over for his birthday. And this started around, like, like 8 or 9. He'd want the family to come over. Like, my family, Rob's family did come over. And then he would hide in his room the whole time. And they're like, it's his birthday. Like, where is he? And he would just be hiding in his room because it was too overwhelming for him he still sometimes does that a little bit but not as much well it's a lot it's a lot and i don't think we think about it we as adults and as people that have been in the workforce we're used to having to talk to someone and immediately talk to someone else and switch gears where our kids are you have a teacher you're you know you have your friends. You choose the conversation. You choose what's going to happen. And when we place like all the unexpected on them, you never know what they're going to, how they're going to handle it or what they're going to do. And you can't really like plan like what your guests that you invited are going to do or how it's going to affect them. Like somebody can say something that you would never think would be offensive or a problem. And Jackson will be so upset and mad because uh, <laughs> his feelings are so hurt. And I'm upstairs trying to, like, negotiate and, like, soothe him. Like, okay, your feelings are valid. And 
they're very sorry. And do you want them? What do you want? Do you want them to say sorry to you? How can we get to the other side of this? But other people are like, oh my God, she's spoiling. Like, look at her. She's just going and spoiling this kid. And he has no accountability. But they don't understand. He's not going to come out and he's going to start damaging him, his room or self harming himself. So I'm going to need to go put that fire out and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And yeah. a lot of people often judge that as spoiling or you don't discipline your kid. Your kid gets away with murder. That's not the case. That is not the case. It's it's a lot to juggle. But when you're in your home, own home, I feel like it's just a safe place for everyone. Like, I feel better at getting and setting boundaries when I'm here because this is my place. This is my home. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I know for on Thanksgiving, Allie's cousin, he was he meant nothing by it. He was kidding. Um, they were playing like Roblox together. And she has Allie has some like her avatar has some crazy stuff because she spends a lot of time on it. She's worked really hard, spent a lot of money. She's got core blocks, all that, you know, the peg leg that was Lord oh, knows how much. And he said something about like, oh, she's crazy. Allie got so offended and he, I, he meant nothing by it. He, he immediately apologized. She had to go in the other room. She wasn't speaking to him. She was insulted. She was like plotting revenge. It was revenge. <laughs> revenge. Why, why do our children think they need revenge for everything? I don't know. I, I mean, now she's fine. I don't even think she would talk about it now, but. I know Rob had to go in the other room with her for like in minutes. the moment. It's like they want literal revenge. They are plotting what they are going to do to make them have their revenge. And it's nice though being home, like, okay, we could just go over here in this quiet space and deal with that. That's the only thing that really I just don't think a lot of people and I I say this with respect, there's just a, a lot of people, especially in the education world who don't walk who don't live this life like they really truly don't understand or empathize what this is like it's like these kids struggle everywhere and like when Wait. i go i can't just go to a christmas party and be like go play with the kids see you later i'm gonna go drink over here and have a good time that's not reality for us that's not it sucks because a lot of people are like oh you never want to come out and it's just like well i want to get a sitter because i want to enjoy myself that's really hard or it ends up being me having to like constantly show up to make sure you know my kid's not misinterpreting the situation or being inappropriate or because then I don't want to fight with you it just becomes it's exhausting it's I can't just get a sitter like my husband and I since my daughter was born have never been away alone we've never had a night away from the kids ever and like these are like just normal things that other people do they get to go to Atlantic City for the night or they get to go here they get to go out to dinner or do all these things and I really genuinely do not think so many people do not understand how different our life is like I was so offended earlier this week at the thought of of like my child's school being being like you should tour out of district schools it was so offensive to me because I'm like you think that's right that I should have to go do that that, you know, my kid who has a part in the chorus is not going to get to have that this year. Okay, my kid, who's, not my kid who's been in band is going to not have her performance that she's been practicing for for two months. Like, 
uh-uh i was i like when i like kirby when i tell you like i was like to the ceiling with rage like people do not understand how how much we give up in life and i'm sorry but like stupid things or things that seem not i don't want to say that they're stupid things that seem so small and so minute because you know your kids get to go play sports and every every they get to be in all kinds of little things and they're involved in everything and these things aren't a big deal to them because they're involved in so much that's like all my kid gets to be involved in so it is a big deal to me and i i will i will <laughs> it won't be pretty if those things get taken from my kid I will, I, I will die on that hill. You will. And I, as like my advocate, putting my advocate hat on and hearing what you're saying, I'm going to say straight up, there are a thousand parents to the one Laura that want their kid in a specialized school. They want their kid to have the extra supervision. Their kids may need it, but they want the extra layer of that restricted environment because a lot of special needs parents, especially, I've noticed it the most in my practice when your kid leaves preschool and they go to kindergarten. It's a really big jump, just like uh, elementary to middle is a big jump. And they mm -hmm. that is where a lot of these schools come up. But I can tell you, there is a thousand other parents to you, Laura, where they want their kids and they want that funding and they're fighting the district to get them into these specialized schools versus fighting for them to be in their least restrictive environment. Because I don't think anybody ever remembers. We all want independence for our kid, whatever that means for each kid. I think I'm different because I've been down that road before. I know I am very aware of all the things that you miss out on. I am very well aware of how unprepared for high school my kid was and how hard he's had to work. Like Robbie has gotten accepted to two big universities with massive scholarships. This poor kid has had to, I had to fight my butt off to get him into honors classes. It wasn't until I started getting teachers on my side to advocate that they let him. He had to go to the college that I work for to take classes in addition to his high school work to build up his resume, to be worthy of going, to show them like, hey, I can do it. They're just not letting me. Like, I've been through this and she is ju just as smart, if not possibly smarter than him. Like, those, these two kids are so brilliant. Like, I'm not gonna, I, me I remember touring those schools when he was, I know, I know my husband went and I remember hearing about the tours. I don't think I went on this one. There was one that said something about preparing him to work at Burger King. And we were like, my husband went crazy. That's like, this kid's using this kid's using like five dollar words at three years old working at burger king like i don't know for me i i think my blood boils because i do a least restricted envir environment for me is a priority and b if i'm going out i know i don't want my kid locked in a damn dungeon and these those schools are scary and there is no i did research on this the other day just you know because I saw some parents finally saying, like, is there a neurodiversity affirming school? There is not in my state, which is really scary for New Jersey. Like, because now I said to my husband, he wants, he's just like, he's like, oh, my God, if we don't fix this, like, my wife is going to go start a freaking school now. Like, oh, my God, like, here she goes. Because I'm like, 
I'm like, okay, then I guess I'm going to have to start a neurodiversity affirming school because I'm not going to go somewhere and have her broken. Well, there is a school here. It's called the Winston School, and it's in Delmar. The tuition is astronomical. It's probably uh, equal to, I want to say, 30 or 40% of our country's salary per year. It costs more than college. So it's not accessible to everyone. Where, like, if you're going to have this school that's a niche and that, why do you have to pay top dollar? And I understand they're in Delmar and it's a very ritzy, fancy place in California. But if they can do it there, they can do it anywhere. It's just a matter of doing it. I know. And here's the thing for me I know I could go start one, I know I could do it. I've seen a couple models throughout the country. I love my job. I love what I do. I don't want to stop my career to go now open a freaking school for my kid. Like, I don't want, that's not like what I want to do. I love what I do. I love my career. I feel like it's, why do I have to give up a career that I love now to go? And like, that's like the, the, the rabbit hole I went down the other day. I'm like, why do I have to give up my livelihood now to go do this? Because I just, for me, I just go back to people just want to give up on our kids. I don't think they, they're doing it consciously. I don't think it's malicious. I think it's nasty. I think it's the easy route. I've been dealing with people trying to cherry pick the kids they serve since my kids too. Like I've been dealing with that a very long time and I call people out on it. I was not an easy kid. I, I wrote, I wrote an article a couple years ago that I reposted recently about how on my 16th birthday, my high school tried to get my mom to sign me out of school to drop out. And my mom fought with them and was just my mom went crazy because I was like, this is what's best for everyone. And my mom was like, this is what's best for you. This is not what's best for everyone. And she fought like hell against them and did, refused to sign me out of school. And I have her to thank for that because then like, where would I be now if I was like a high school dropout? Like they, and that's what I always say is I think that schools like to, they like to, this is a, a thing that we, you and I call this out, right? They all like to give rewards to the kids who are biologically just destined to be those kids that are perfect and do all the things. But I think what you don't realize is that the kids that you don't think are going to do the things, because it's funny, all the most successful people I've met throughout my career, especially in higher education, are the people who are like me, who are rebels, who are troublemakers, who are getting suspended and getting in trouble. And I was never aggressive. So I wasn't like a kid who was like, I would do like dumb stuff, like leave without permission to go to the bathroom because apparently that's like a crime when you're in high school. But like the these are the kids who end up being super successful. But then it's like now now today it's just like it's annoying and it requires I guess a lot of mental effort. So I don't know. It's, it's easier to fail those because I don't know. You fail my kid. She's got, she's just like me. She's going to come out of this writing a freaking book about it, telling her story and everyone that, <laughs> that did her wrong. Lord help you because you're going to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, Chapter in the book. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny as I've, I've thought about writing a book about my journey with her for a very long time. And the I other day, and I keep putting it off because I'm like, I know I'm going to do it. And I always feel like, well, the story's not over. It's not over. And now I'm kind of in this mindset of should it have to be over? Because never I can just have a sequel because going forever because I don't see the end. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 
Robbie's how old? Allie, you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The age difference, there's no end. And no, there's not. But I'm, I'm definitely like, I'm really thinking about, because I am a professional writer. I'm like, I, I should, because I have a, such an amazing story. Like, I had to start a whole new career because of this. Like, I, I had... I, <laughs> Like that, that'll, that was, that was when I was like, I need to write about this. This is insane. Like I was so, I was so, I remember back then I was so mad because I'm like, what educated adults are walking around here having to like give up their high paying careers because of their kids? This yeah, is we don't see like a, a, a heart, a cardiac surgeon giving up their career to leave and take care of their child with autism. But I bet you there's one out there that did that or I had there's lots out there. I'm just saying, like, it's just not the norm. And if it, if we talked about it, maybe it would become the norm. Because the reality is, I'm supposed to be working in corporate law, reading contracts. Okay, so it's like read contracts and tell you guys where you could do better, or make sure you don't fall into this loophole, or make sure you protect yourself, or that's not a good sentence. That was what I'm supposed to be doing. That is not what I do. And I know that recording this episode was a little uh hard because my wi-fi went out and before my wi-fi went out all the shenanigans already had started from the holidays and people coming in and out and a lot of purse big personalities being together where jackson has to be the biggest personality and if somebody if he says something to someone he's kidding but if somebody says something to him he's not kidding like they can't be kidding they meant it they mean what they said, and they said it with the most malice of intent. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, bro, we're going to try to record. I'm going to pick up his pizza. I go to pick up his pizza. So he likes, like, custom pizzas. Like, bla- I don't know if you guys have Blaze Pizza or Pyology Pizza, where you go no. in and you pick your own pizza. But I went in, and on the wall, I want to send this to you or post it as a comment when we post this on Facebook of this photo of this wall. I go into the wall and it's all these saying, like all these quotes from remarkable people. But the one that stood out to me, I think the most, they're all so good. Like I could read them all, but this one just really like gets me. To be blind, but worse, to have eyes and not see. Helen Keller. I was like, ooh, I'm having a moment at the pizza spot because I can't manage my life, but at least I see it and I am here and I'm doing everything I can to help and support. And But to have eyes, but worse, to be blind, but worse to have eyes and not see. Like, wow. Like, just think about that. describes a lot i know so i was like having a full moment at the pizza shop and i got home and it was still the fires were still going but i was like people know they have it on their walls on quotes but where is the action behind all of this you do deserve an award for surviving pre-thanksgiving without wi-fi (laughs) wi-fi and we've never lost wi-fi i've lived here for three and a half years never once lost wi-fi 
It's terrible. It's, it's a tragedy when you have kids who who need their devices. It is. And I know people will say, oh, it, the, the screen time and all the, the judgment that comes with the screen time. However, Jaden has learned so much from his iPad. I'm going to be completely honest. So if it's Jackson, he knows how to budget. He knows, like, if he's saving up for something. I know we all hate Robux and we blocks and we, like, don't want to give our kids Robux. But guess what? They're learning that if you want something and it's important to you and you want that in your universe or your avatar to have XYZ, you need to work, save up for it, and buy it. So I get the backlash, but I also understand and have seen my kids learn yeah from I said my uncle always said that when we were growing up because there was a lot of there was a lot of us in our family a lot of kids and we'd be like I want you know if I'd be like I want to whatever it was name some toy and he'd be like that's great get a job save your money and buy whatever that toy was and I used to get so mad but it's it's the truth it was always an important lesson for sure but yeah, so going into we made we survived Thanksgiving. Yeah, hopefully we made it to Christmas. Are you decorating yet? Like we're gonna decorate this weekend. Oh yeah, I decorated my tree. Well, I unfluffed it, and Jackson and uh, Jeremy did it, and I put out some things. But I don't even know where I put all the rest of the stuff. And I don't have the patience for the rest of the stuff in the bins. Like I did some decorating. I sprinkled it around. But we're going on a cruise. We're leaving on the 22nd. I may be fucking crazy. But we're leaving on the 22nd. And we're going on a seven-day cruise for Christmas. Oh, my God. All right. How do you... I don't know how, how your kids feel. Like, how does Santa find you on a cruise on Christmas? Or do you, like, come home to the stuff? Okay. So, my plan is that Santa, a.k.a. my neighbor Trey, is going to bring everything put it all out and set it up like santa came like it always is and send me a picture then we'll have like a small mini thing on the cruise okay. so i'm planning to like get a miniature tree which i already have in my bin so i'm just gonna fold that thing up throw it in my suitcase and i will make it work i'm just so tired like of all this stuff especially because my kids don't use all this stuff anymore and I feel like it's taking over my house. So I want we want to try something different. It may blow up in our face. It may not. So autism of the seas is not on this cruise. So we're really like we're really like shooting for the stars here. But oh the, the person that I work with um over at Autism of the Seas uh referred me to somebody at Royal Caribbean that gave us like uh something called the key. Where you get like priority on and off, priority like priority everything, special times for things, VIP seat, like basically what you would get with autism of the seas minus the respite. So right. we'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. Mine go just fine. I mean, we did Disney two years ago for Halloween. Like we were not home for Halloween. Um, I felt like that was probably one of our better Halloweens. My and my husband was kind of like, really, she's not gonna go trick-or-treating. They did it at the park. Like, they had trick-or-treating. They did, I don't know. Like, did they need candy? They were in Disney. They got to go in a pool. They got to have fun. Yeah, For me, that was the best Halloween because 
for me, Halloween gets really stressful because it becomes like the last two years we haven't, it's like, I don't want to say we haven't been invited because we have. Halloween's rough. Like last yeah, year, I, she well, wasn't very nice to our friend. It was like Rob's friends, his childhood friends invited us. She was a little fresh with the kids. They invited us this year. We didn't say, we said no, because they just didn't want to, I just, it's not, I don't know. You pick your battles. Not, you pick your battles. And we're in a, you were in a hard age where she has in her head, she wants to do one thing with one person who doesn't want to do it with her. So it's like, we're in that. Th these are things too, that I get like, these are things I get annoyed with, especially like at school when like people just don't realize how hard life can be. Cause I'm like, yeah, let's give my kid a little bit of freaking grace today. Considering that she went trick or treating by herself with her dad. Like, I don't know. Because that's all that she could handle. Because she just couldn't handle going with, like, different friends that weren't, you know. It's just it's well, difficult. It did, that I, started when she was a little bit younger where some of the I, neighbors were kind of jerks and, and decided to invite everyone. Like, we're all doing the thing and then they, like, not uninvited us, but, like, uninvited us, I guess is the right word. I, I don't think people know how to deal with Jackson's energy, even as peers. So... They want, they'll invite him one time and he thinks he's going to go every time now. Yep. And like he sees them together and then he gets really upset and it's very triggering why he isn't invited, why he's in a part of the group, why like he sees them as uh, above him on so many levels. Like he's yep. their way up here. Why can't I be that? I'm so stupid or I, I'm the worst because they don't, they didn't invite me. Or they said something mean to me. He puts so much value. Yeah. Well, here's a question for you, right? Because that happens here. And it'll be like kids that live near us. So it's like the one year I'm like, seriously, you're ringing my bell. Like, and I'm not, I'm not like, I don't have issues. I, I respect that you don't want, you want to do your thing. But it's like, don't ring my freaking bell with and my right kid here, home seeing like, it. It doesn't like, need to see it. It's not malicious because I don't think people think like that. But like. like but think, this is the stuff that people think, don't understand. Doing. Think about it. At least go discreetly. Go that year that the kids, that year that the family uninvited her, they all had the balls to ring my doorbell. And she's home alone, like, crying and upset. And, like, they're all trick-or-treating together at my freaking house. And I, like, it was literally the last straw, like, that was literally when I stopped speaking to some of my neighbors. Like I never spoke to them again because I thought that was the nastiest, cruelest thing you could ever do to a kid. I was so, and she was four. I was so pissed. So, like, so pissed. I still, and I think about it, I just get a rage because it's just nasty. It is. And I, I get it because before I knew, I didn't know. But I know, and people have to know, the world is changing. Open your eyes, read the room, look at everyone. I, it's so hard. Like, my favorite saying is, like, read the room. Like, everyone, read the room. Read the room before you say something dumb. Like, read the situation before you assume. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm just, lately, it's, it's I've also been saying things like, I don't think anybody should be a school administrator unless they've been a special ed teacher. 
Because it's just like people generally don't know what we deal with when they're making decisions about our kids or having these expectations of our kids. And I'm just like, you literally have no idea what our everyday is like or the things that I don't know, like the sacrifices our kids. I kept Allie home the day after Halloween this year because I just knew that's never a successful day for her. That's usually the day when everything, everything hits the ceiling and it's bad and it's, it's all terrible. And I gave her a, a mental health day. I said, let's just stay home and have a positive day. Well, the next day, for whatever reason, I, I, it didn't work. Like I tried to do that. And the next day just ended up being like the worst day ever because I don't know how long it takes to get regulated after hall. I don't know, but right. But I'm nuts. Probably not many. You're probably one of the few. They're like, what can I do to make this work for everyone? Cause I don't want to send in my kid. Oh, hi, she's coming in hot. But you, you know, you try so hard and I don't think other parents even think like how hard it was, like even for Jaden to go to his trunk or treat and actually participate. People don't realize how hard that was for him. And right now he's starting to like really engage and play with the toys he got for Christmas last year. And people don't like his therapist is new just in new to the field. She looks at me like I have like 29 heads because I'm so excited he's playing with these toys that I bought a year ago because I was oh, going to no. get rid of them, but they don't get it. Like our kids, they go, they take so many more steps than every other kid. No, they don't, so they don't get it. Even I, so I handed out candy to trick or trunk this year and I drove and I was giving it out for my trunk. I couldn't leave the trick or trunk because there's kids everywhere didn't think this through by the way and <laughs> and i will tell you my i will say my daughter her other little friend he also is on the spectrum and the other kid that was with us also has some other things the three of them ended up in my car just like hiding after like they just wanted to be on their devices just like quiet and it was just relaxing it's a lot and I don't know, like I, I was able to provide that because there was like music going. It was a loud, it was a loud thing. But I know like the day after Halloween, like these are the thoughts that go through. These are things that other people don't have to worry about, right? Other parents don't have to sit there. If you don't have like a special needs child and be like, oh, this day they're going to be talking about all the things they did last night for trick-or-treating. It's going to trigger my kid. She's going to cry. She could be like, I didn't do anything. And I'm like, oh, I don't, like, I just don't see this going well. Like maybe I just skip this day because I just don't want, I just don't want her to feel bad and then lash out at everyone around her because she didn't have a great day because she didn't have a group of kids that she wanted to go trick or like she just didn't do it. And I just, I thought I don't know. It's so hard because you try so hard to pr plan and prepare and prevent. Like I try so hard to prevent issues, and I I don't I genuinely don't think that a lot of people who don't walk in our shoes think before doing an activity, even in the class, but like you're assuming that every kid here has a family to go to Thanksgiving with yours. Like, or how many kids are we assuming that all these kids are going to have a great Thanksgiving? How many are not even going to eat on Thanksgiving? Like there's just, it's so much more. It there's is, so much uh, more to it. And I, and people, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in that group, but there's, we have different issues. It's just a lot. Yeah, Jackson's teacher did like a fun, uh, like uh, a food craft type thing. 
I think it was chocolate pudding. That kid is still mad today. Like, you cannot talk about it, okay? We cannot talk about it because he doesn't eat chocolate. And there were no other options and, like, just the things. But I'm sure every other kid that, you know, liked or didn't like what they made is not still thinking about it today. This is, like... Mine's still thinking about she missed their Thanksgiving party because she was having, she was taking a break and then during her break, something, I guess, uh, some things went down and she missed her party and I guess they had earned watching some kind of movie and she missed it and she was in, when I I had to go get her, she's in there hysterical crying saying how she doesn't get anything nice, she ruins everything, like she was just like completely self-deprecating. It was the saddest. I'm actually like, Myself and the other staff in the room all had tears in their eyes. It was the saddest thing you'd ever hear. Well, Jack's and, going December 1st to his first, like, session with a counselor. Because I just want to make sure he's getting the support he needs. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, the self, self-deprecation is the worst. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, it breaks your heart. Like, you're not the worst. You're not. Like, you're not. I don't know who told you that. But you are not the worst. You are you're you and it's okay that that didn't work out i know but the pressure well, that just, out of kids, it's unbelievable it's also i don't want to go down my rabbit hole of like this whole earning a party earning this or like i'm so sick of special ed kids having to earn everything that it's just normal practice in other classrooms too because then look what happens when you fall apart i, I know it's just so bad for self-esteem it's so disgusting it is. and it's i understand like you need to, to manage the kid. It's just there's definitely better ways. And it's just, I don't want to go down that, that rabbit hole today. I got you. Well, we survived Halloween. We, we survived Thanksgiving. We're still alive. Are we going to survive Christmas? I'm going to be on a boat. So I just might jump off. It, it's, oh, my God. So, I don't think I have a balcony, though. So we'll be okay. Like, hopefully, I'll be okay. Oh, so you don't. See, I only have a virtual balcony, so I can run into the TV and pretend oh, I should We have not been on a cruise. We priced going out on one last year because our family all went together. And, like, the kind of room we would need is just so – it ended up being, like, a $10,000 vacation. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that to go on a cruise. And I remember people kept saying, why are you? Why do you need such a big room? Why? And I'm just – you're not going to be in the room? And I'm like, you clearly don't understand. Yeah, so our kids we- are our family. We, we have, will 100% be in the room. We have connecting rooms that kind of is like having two rooms, but it's hard to get those. You got to book ahead. And mm-hmm. um, my other suggestion would be to get look into the handicap suites because they'll give you like the biggest, roomiest layout. But we, as a family of four, where there are four, it is normal for four people to use one cruise room. Not us. No, 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 no. I don't know who these families are that can share one room. I mean, they must just have kids who were twins or like the same age or like, like that's what my husband and I are like. So we have like a kid who's, he was 17 at the time and she was eight. And I'm like, they can't share a bed. And then it's like my husband sharing a bed with a grown a child the size of a grown up. And then it's like, I don't know. What fun is it? Is it for the parents? Exactly. We're going to get two different rooms and both sleep in different rooms. Hopefully, I'll I'll survive. But we yeah. do have two rooms. I'm hopeful for you. I'm hopeful, too. It is actually our first time without going with autism on the seas. 
which I think Autism on the Season is amazing. They're very accommodating. They really see each kid where they're at. I was at a meetup a couple weeks ago with some moms, and we were all, like, looking at the hot spots. Like, oh, they could elope that way. Oh, that's an elopement spot. Like, we were doing that, and it reminded me of Autism on the Season of the Boat, where there's, like, I would come in, and there's, like, a linebacker prepared at the door, in front of the door, because they are prepared for everything, but they're also fun enough to where Jackson would stay there and then go to the regular kids camp, which can accommodate kids with autism. They are working with Because, like, is that going to be, like, a new record? Like, okay, we've gotten kicked out of regular camp, gotten kicked out of daycare camp. Now let's get kicked out of camp on a boat. Like, is that going to be, like... We're going to see. We're going <laughs> to test that out because I'm really going to see. Like, what happens if I send Jaden, even if it's just for an hour? I want to see what happens. Yeah, that's awesome. I hope it works out. I do, too, but I'm not, you know, I'm I'm shooting for the stars. Like, I'm hoping for the best, but I also have my expectations prepared for the worst. So, it's just a hard battle. We go back and forth. and that's. Just I think that's going to be good for you, though, because... When I, that first Disney trip that we talked about on one of our, our like second ever episode where we like basically completely take down Disney World. Um, <laughs> I had my, I had my bar set up to like reliving my childhood with my kid and it was like epic fail. Then like the second trip two years ago, it was like, eh, let's just like see how this goes. And it ended up being fun. Still like, it was like COVID time. So meh, but like better than that. It was like, you know what I mean? It was better than having my expectations to the roof. Yeah. And I think that we live like that. We live like that. That's how. Like every day, day to day. I want to do an entire episode about PTSD from our schools calling us because I feel like that's a thing. And we should both down five phone calls, like the five worst phone calls we ever got and talk about them. We should. I will 100% do that because because it'll be like seven hours if we did five. <laughs> like every time the first thing is like, because I want to tell you the first almost two months of school, it was like they'd call me and I'm like, oh, finally it's happening. Like I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. And it was like, oh no, we have to tell you this great story of what happened. And I'm just like, not disappointed, but like still traumatized by like expecting the terrible phone calls that you get. Yeah, Jackson, uh, the kids' school, both the kids' school, they do, like, automatic messages. I still freeze when I see that phone number. Nope. Like, I'm, I, like, my whole body is, like, in paralyzation while I'm, like, pressing answer. And once I hear it's a recording, I let out the biggest deep breath. But I never know what I'm going to hear. I have heard some crazy things. I've heard some things, and then when I got there, I was like, what is happening type things? I have an idea. We're going to put out a message to our listeners and have them share their worst phone calls with us, and we're going to read it. Yes. We're going to read the list. Yeah, we should. That's well, what we should do, because I can only I, – I don't even feel like mine are going to be that oh, bad. Mine, mine I mean, are they're good. bad, but like – Well, I have, I have a few that are just like – you said what? It, it, what? I, yeah, I'd rather he, mix them into a group of other people's stuff so that you don't know which ones are mine. Yeah, we'll do it anonymously. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna put it out to you guys. We're gonna anonymously. 
yeah it'll be fun it'll be awesome PTSD. school ptsd (laughs) no it's a real i'm telling you it's a real thing because i definitely like (gasps) i was definitely having a breakdown this week so we'll see all right well let's get ready for the holidays prepare for the prepare let's see prepare for the best expect the worst yeah, prepare for the best, but expect the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck, everyone. Hope everyone makes it to Christmas break. We see you. If you're struggling, we're struggling, and we are on the bus. Struggling real hard. Yeah, we'll do a back to school around three after the holidays. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening, and feel free to reach out to us and share your stories.